Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cadenza, the music podcast. This episode is entitled Vatican Rags, which before I go any further, um, doesn't directly refer to the infamous song about Roman Catholicism by Tom Lehrer although I am rather cheekily riffing on his title, because this anecdote is, is set in Rome and does involve the Vatican. So, gentle listener, let me take you back to December 2000. Uh, at that stage, at the end of that term, the chapel choir had just finished its round of carol services uh, in school, and we jetted off to Rome to continue singing Christmas music um, in the glorious surroundings of that city, and some wonderful buildings, uh, St Peter's Basilica, and so on. This was the second December tour, following one from the successful previous year in Prague. And we had a wonderful time there as well. And the, the itinerary was put together by the then head of classics uh, and members of chapel choir, David Elkington, who knew everything there was to know about how to run a tour overseas from a logistical point of view, absolutely fantastic, which just left me to organise the music bits. Very happy with that. So we had a tremendous few days in Rome, soaking up the culture, singing wonderful music in fantastic buildings, all very inspirational stuff, including a mass at St Peter's Basilica, which was an experience like no other and is worthy of, a, of an anecdote um, all of its own. Uh, extraordinary experience. They come along like buses, masses at St Peter's. But anyway, I move on, I digress. The last morning of the tour, and literally we checked out the hotel and we were on our way to the airport via the Vatican because we were to attend a papal audience. Our papal audience is an extraordinary thing um, and it takes place in the Vatican in a chamber which is somewhere between a very large assembly hall, um, sort of like a churchy building but quite an unorthodox one, um, a conference centre feel um, and a theatre I guess um, and seats hundreds and hundreds of people. The Pope at the time was Pope John Paul II, the Polish Pope. He was by then in his 80s, he was pretty frail, um, but his mind was all there. And um, so we had decided that we would wear our robes uh, uh, because we'd been advised that actually um, all the groups attending each audience were read out. Uh, from the platform and then you could announce yourselves by then doing something which most logically seemed to be singing something for us being a choir and so we had pre-selected a piece we had decided that we would sing Bruckner's Locusis Day because it's what we sang anywhere it was like the chapel choir's calling card it had been sung on a metro it had been sung on um, in uh, hotel lifts it had been sung uh, subsequently on the water in Venice, you name it, wherever, we've done it. So we can do it at the drop of a hat. So the idea is that there are people there, groups there from all over the world, different countries representing all sorts of different groups. So we were a choir. I think there were some other choirs there. I can't really remember. But I think we were one of the only English-speaking groups, that particular audience. Um, and a group of firefighters from somewhere, all sorts of things going on. And the Pope sat on him. He had to be helped on uh, to, the, to the podium. And then he sat on his sort of throne uh, type arrangement. And he then conducted this extended address to everybody, which was then translated at various stages into different languages representing the groups that were there. 
And when it came to uh, the turn of the English cardinal to greet the uh, English groups in attendance on behalf of the Pope, um, the magic words were eventually ushered Wellington School, Chapel Choir, and up we leapt uh, and launched into Bruckner Locusiste. And I think it seemed to go well, given the fact that we were singing in long lines, which isn't very usual for a choir, and the building was very dry, uh, which is not what the composer intended. But we got all the way through, no one interrupted, we weren't cut off before the end. Um, don't think there was any applause at the end, might have been inappropriate. But anyway, so we then sat down and uh, the rest of the audience um, proceeded and then eventually it ended. And as happens with school assemblies and the like, um, then people sort of headed towards the exit. And um, that's always a tense moment if you're running a school uh, party tour trip type thing. So you're kind of looking around you to try and make sure that everybody is where they meant to be, i.e. still with you and haven't rushed off anywhere. And at the same time, um, out of a peripheral, out of my peripheral vision, um, a group of Swiss guards were heading towards us. Now, I don't know if you've encountered any Swiss guards, but they are pretty intimidating. They wear very funky uh, and quite garish outfits, but they look very, very intimidating and scary. And they seem to be looking at us and seem to be sort of beginning to gesticulate towards us oh crikey what have we done now was the latin pronunciation in our singing that bad or you know we've chromatical crimes against bruckner anyway so all that was going on but it increasingly became apparent that they wanted us to follow them um in the general direction of the stage wasn't quite sure why but anyway so we were starting to move in that direction and people were gathering up their things and so i went to pick up my coat and I did pick up a coat, but was quickly aware that it wasn't mine. And was, and was equally quickly aware that actually it was quite an expensive coat um, and certainly superior and more expensive than mine. But the significant thing was that because we were heading to the airport, inside my coat and not inside this expensive designer item was the means of getting home. Uh, my passport, my wallet and my mobile. So quite embarrassing, thinking, okay, someone's gone off with my coat with all these things in it. Quite embarrassing as the director of music and the tour leader here that I'm the one who can't get on the plane to go home. Anyway, so we were being sort of generally sort of moved in the direction of the Swiss guards and in the direction of the podium. And so suddenly we found ourselves on the stage. Pope was still there and it became immediately apparent that we were basically, we'd been selected for whatever reason to meet His Holiness which is an extraordinary opportunity, um, the more so because it was completely unexpected. So we were asked to kind of um, you know, form semicircles around where he was seated, and then I was asked to come forward to represent the group. Uh, and he spoke to me, and he thanked me for our singing, and he blessed uh, blessed me and wished me a Merry Christmas. And it was just an extraordinary moment because the man had unbelievable aura. Um, just something very special, very serene and very tranquil, but something very, very special. And uh, I was very keenly aware that this was a big, big, big moment. You know, this is one of the world's most famous people. But actually, I was slightly distracted, if I'm honest, by thinking, where is my coat? And actually, a colleague, I think it was a well-meaning comment as we were walking towards the stage, saying, don't worry, Andrew, his coat was much more expensive than yours. He'll be back. Um, yeah, well, thank you. At least I think, thank you. Um, 
But we don't know that, do we? We'll just have to see. So I was aware that I was slightly distracted in this moment, uh, whilst the cameras and the, you know the flashes were flashing, and uh, official photographers, Mr. Elkington took a um, what turned out to be a, a very iconic picture um, that was all around school for a long time afterwards of the group and the Pope. Um, and um, I'm aware. Um, I mean, my for example, a copy of it ended up. It was it was made into a Wednesday school Christmas card. Uh, my parents received it. They had it framed because they were so proud of what the choir and what I'd done. Um, and every time I passed that photo for donkey's years afterwards, I was aware of the look on my face. I have been cursed with the fact that I've never been able to, my face just gives everything away. I have never been able to disguise uh, how I'm feeling. I really wish I could. And every time I passed that photo or saw it anywhere, I was aware that I was on the one hand, clearly sort of quite uh, into the moment, but also clearly quite distracted about what was going to happen about my coat. So that all came to an end and we left the uh, we left the stage and started to make our exit and coming towards me was this um, smiley looking Italian gentleman uh, who was holding my coat. So plainly my colleague was right and I was reunited with my coat and the contents therein and then off we went to the airport and the rest is history. Sadly, not long after that, I think it was in the following year, um, Pope John Paul II uh, died, and I no longer have that coat, although I do have one that's quite similar. But I do have a very fond memory of that moment when we completely unexpectedly met one of the most famous people in the world, and how I was rather distracted by that coat. Mm -hmm.